Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. The Lone Ranger and Toto made their camp near the outskirts of San Antonio. After they had eaten, Toto rode into town. It was long after midnight when he returned. Muska, oh, fella. Easy, Easy, fella. Well, Toto. Me find Maynard. Him stay at Alamo Hotel. Did you find out why he's come to San Antonio? Ah. Him talk with bartender in cafe, and me listen. Maynard want to hire many men. Men good with guns. I see. Can uh, King Gorman be going to start a war in Red Rock Valley? I'd like to have a talk with Maynard. Perhaps it can be arranged tomorrow night. You wear disguise? Yes, Toto. We'll make him think my guns are for hire. There was a moment of silence when the Lone Ranger, disguised as a gunman, walked into the Texas Star Cafe the following night. The man at the bar studied him carefully, 
His travel-stained clothes, his gun slung low, the soft leather gloves he wore. They challenged his gaze only briefly, and then turned back to their drinks. What'll it be, stranger? Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing? What'd you come in here for? Are there any objections? Well, no. What's the matter, partner? A little short of cash? <laughs> Does that make any difference? Well, not to me. I'm just trying to be friendly, understand? Go right ahead. Well, I thought you might be interested in a good job. It's possible. There's an hombre called Maynard represents a big outfit in Red Rock Valley. Could be worth your while to have a talk with him. He's sitting at one of the tables in the back. Do you want me to drop a word to him? If you feel like it, I'll be standing here for a while. Kino. Five minutes later, Butch Maynard strolled the length of the bar and stopped beside the Lone Ranger. Howdy. Howdy. You look as if you were pretty handy with those guns. It's possible. Uh, how about stepping outside and giving us a sample of your draw? I don't know you, mister, but if you're looking for trouble, I'm willing to oblige. No, 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 nothing like that. Oh? I'm just curious about your draw. I bet you're pretty fast. Uh, how about you? You think you're faster? No. No, I got a hunch you're right. Now let's uh, let's forget all about it. Man has to be careful. As I say, I don't know you, but uh, you might know me. You asked me to draw. Suppose I did without any intention of shooting. Then, just as I was slipping my gun back into its holster, you should draw. Well, I might get killed, and you could tell the law that I drew first. Now look, I was only interested. Let's forget about it. Playing games with guns makes me nervous. You're absolutely right. But if you were to put your guns on the bar, I wouldn't mind giving you a little demonstration. Why, sure. There you are. Uh, how's this then? <coughs> Leaping catches. And put them back. <laughs> Satisfied? You're lightning, man. How would you like a job? Seventy-five a month and found. Well, that's right good pay. There must be some reason for the high wages. There is. If you step into the back room, I'll explain. Lead the way, mister. Boss is Kane Gorman. He owns the biggest spread in Red Rock Valley. You may have heard of him. I may have. We drive our herds to Junction City to sell them. That's about a thousand miles from the valley. Yeah, I know Junction City. Well, we're selling a lot of cattle this year. And I want you to take charge of one of the herds. One of them? And there'll be several. We couldn't handle all we want to sell in one herd. Just uh, how many head do you aim to get rid of? Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand? You sure Junction City's a big enough market to handle that many? It's the only market for the valley. That doesn't answer my question. They'll buy if the price is right. You mean uh, you'll sell at a loss if necessary? That's Kane's business. Sure, sure. It's my business to find out why you're paying such high wages. You haven't explained that so far. Well, uh, there may be trouble. From Indians or outlaws? Perhaps from both. Anybody who takes a trail herd job expects some trouble along that line. I'd like a man to be honest, man. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah? I'll put my cards on the table. Kane wants to clean the small ranches out of the valley. How? With guns? They won't be necessary if his plan works. I'd like to hear more about it. He won't be breaking any law. But if he can get his 50,000 head to market before the other ranchers, 
They won't be able to get anything for their beef at all. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's beginning to. My job is to make sure his beef gets to market first. Is that it? Right. If the other ranchers can only get two or three dollars a head, they won't have enough money to carry them through the winter. And Kane can buy up their land. Sounds like a mean trick, doesn't it? It's perfectly legal. Seventy-five dollars a month. I'll have to think about it. You'll have to think fast. I've hired nearly all the men we need. We'll be leaving here tomorrow morning. Yeah, that gives me plenty of time. Adios, man. The Lone Ranger returned to his camp, and with his disguise discarded and wearing his mask once more, he and Tonto rode north. They rode all through the night. At daybreak, they rested Silver and Scout and then set out once more. They made camp that night, and then on the evening of the following day, they reached their destination, Red Rock Valley. You'll stop at the Lazy Inn, Tonto. Matt good. It's roundup time, and Newton may be out on the range with his men. We'll try the ranch house first. Ah. Come on, up, Scout. There's a light. You want me wait here? Well, there's no need. You can make camp with the spring. I'll join you there. Ah. Get him up, Scout. Howdy. Hey, you're Ted Newton, aren't you? Yes. Now, never mind your gun. Your father knows me. Well, that don't sound likely, mister. Just call him and you'll see. I'd advise you not to make a move. Pa, there's a masked hombre out here. Says he knows you. Masked man? I'll be right there. Well, glad to see you, mister. Come right in. Thanks. Oh, this is a fellow I told you about, Ted. The one who passed me the warning that Gorman was out for trouble. Golly, I'm sorry. That's all right. But I'm happy to say that so far you've been wrong, mister. We've been keeping a close watch on the bargee crew. They're all busy with the roundup, same as we are. How are you coming along? Well, we haven't finished branding the calves yet. That might take another week. Then we'll cut out our trail, huh? You better start on that tomorrow, Thad. And you'd better have your market steers ready to move in 24 hours. What's that? Todd and I followed Butch Maynard all the way down to San Antonio. I had a talk with him there. You did? Yes, I, I wore a disguise. He thought I was a gunman. He offered me a job as trail boss. The masked man told Newton what Kane Gorman was planning to do. And when he had finished... 50,000 head. We made good time getting back, and Gorman won't know that you've been warned. But Maynard will be here with all the men he's hired the day after tomorrow. That's why I say you have 24 hours. Well, I don't think we can make it. If you don't, if you don't get your herd through the pass and out on the trail, they may try to stop you. Block the pass with guns? Maynard's been hiring men who know how to use them. We've got to get our herd to market first. Yes, and they'll need protection all the way. Now, my suggestion is that you small ranchers get together. Drive one herd and send enough men along with it to fight off any attack. We'll have to. Ted, you ride over to McGee's and Foster's. Right, Paul. I'll tell the others. Tonight, Thad. Sure thing. We'll do it. You can depend on it. Our steers will be moving through that pass the day after tomorrow at daybreak. By sunset of the next day, the small rancher's trail herd was taking shape on the Lazy End Range. Hard-riding cowboys hazed the wild longhorns into one great milling mass. Darkness came and hours passed as they rounded up the strays. But at last, the 2,000 head were quieted down, and the trail crews made their final preparations for the start at dawn. 
As the first lights streaked the eastern sky, one of Gorman's riders watched them. Uh, they're on the move. I gotta tell the boss. Get up there. The rider spurred his horse on to the distant Bar G Ranch house. But the sun was rising by the time he reined up in front of it and ran up the steps. Boss! Yeah, what's the matter? Boss, they got a herd moving, a big one. Looks to me like over 2,000 head. What are you talking about? Newton, Foster, McGee, I spotted all of them. Well, they haven't finished branding their calves. Maybe not. But they're driving a the herd to market just the same. They must have found out what you were up to. Yeah, where'd they start from? The Lazy End, flats by the creek. Take them a couple of hours to reach the pass. Well, there's more ways than one to skin a coyote. Come on. Where to? The roundup camp. We've got plenty of men there. Newton won't get through that pass. The Lone Ranger and Tonto watched the trail herd being driven into the pass from the shelter of the woods near the opening. Here comes Thad and Ted now, Tonto. Ah. Them keep promise. Well, we did it, mister. Congratulations. And no sign of the Bargy crew. No trouble at all. <laughs> They'll be plenty mad when they find out we've stolen the march on them. It's going to be a long march, Ted. They'll have plenty of chances to make trouble before you get to Junction City. After you get through the pass, it might be a good idea if you headed east for 50 miles before you turn north. Uh, why do that? You'll have open country all the way, then. You'll find it easier to guard your herd. Yeah. I'm not going to feel comfortable till the steers all the way through the pass. If anything was to start a stampede in there... Kimosabe, you look. What is it, Tonto? Many men right this way. By golly, that's right. We spoke too quick. Thad, there's cover for men and horses behind those rocks at the opening of the pass. We're not going to let Gorman reach your herd. Sure, Pa, we can hold him off. For a while, anyway. Half a dozen men should be enough. There are four of us here. Get two more. The others can keep the herd moving. Let's go. Get one, two, three. They're in the pass already, boss. All right, keep riding after them. There's some hombres holding up behind those rocks at the opening. Let them have it. Smoke them out. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes... Please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue our story. As Gorman and his hands raced toward the opening of the pass, they opened up with their six guns. But the Lone Ranger, Toto, and Port of the Ranchers had found good cover and answered their fire. (laughs) 
Gorman's men were forced to take cover in the woods. There, dismounted, they continued to blast away at the defenders of the pass. Young Ted stopped a bullet. Get him out of here, Tonto. Four of us are enough to keep him back. Uh, you lean on Tonto. Me help you back to horse. The fight continued for 15 minutes. And then the Lone Ranger, knowing the herd was through the pass and that any further attack must be in open country and against the full force of the trail crew, gave the word to withdraw. All right, through the pass. Come on. Gorman realized nothing could be gained by an immediate pursuit, and half a dozen of his men had been wounded. He ordered his men to return to their roundup camp. Into your saddles. Back to camp. The fight for the moment was over. But that night, a council of war was held at the Bar G camp. Butch had arrived with the men he had hired in San Antonio. And one of the riders had returned from scouting the small rancher's trail camp. Quiet down and listen to the boss. Men, I'm not changing my plans. Russ tells me they're driving their cattle east. That's right. They're bedded down for the night in Sweetwater Basin. They're not heading for Junction City. Of course, but they're staying out of the hills. They're afraid of an ambush. They'll have to travel 100 miles farther so we can still get our cattle to market before they do. The trail through the hills. Yes, we'll start driving tomorrow. Not 50,000 head. Oh, we've rounded up today. Yeah, about 2,000. And we'll start another herd the day after, another the day after that, and so on. They're enough of you for the job. You'll drive and you'll drive fast. But we aren't going to depend entirely on speed and the shorter route. The rest of it is up to you, Butch. You can pick a dozen men to help you. You want me to slow down Newton? In any way you see fit. <laughs> I can think of lots of ways. All right, pick your men. The rest of you get back to work. The Lone Ranger organized the night defense of the trail camp, and then with Tonto rode back to the hills above Red Rock Valley in time to see the first of Gorman's herd start out. From the other activities on the Bargee Range, he realized that Gorman was not giving up and that this would be a race to market. A race of a thousand miles. Newton will have to make 20 miles a day, Tonto. And that plenty hard to do. Yes, and the crew won't be able to get a full night's sleep very often. Gorman's hired too many guns not to use them. We'll stay with the herd from now on, Tonto. Monsilly! Uh-huh. Get him up, Warned by the Lone Ranger, Thad Newton inspired the small ranchers to greater effort during the day and constant vigilance at night. The herd was driven across the Sweetwater and on across the Great Plain mile after mile from dawn to dusk. When darkness came, the cattle was left to graze and keep weight. But there was little rest for the men. Night after night, Butch Maynard and his gunmen attacked. And night after night, they were driven off with the help of the Lone Ranger and Toto. But one night after the masked man and the Indian had made a long scout to check on the progress of Gorman's herds, They rolled up in their blankets on a hill above the trail camp and fell into a deep sleep. The distant shots might not have wakened them if it had not been for Silver's whinny. They awoke to see the trail crew's herd of half-wild broncos stampeding and heading for the distant hills. Gorman's men shoot Wrangler, maybe. Those horses must be stopped. Most of the men will be without mounts. Them plenty hard to catch now. Silver can do it. Go on, boy, stop them. Bring them back. Go on! 
A great stallion understood the command and leaped forward. He remembered the days when he had ruled such a wild band, and his silver-shot hoofs spurned the ground as he raced on to cut off the escaping Broncos. In a few seconds, he had ranged alongside the flying leader. With a shrill whinny, he asserted his mastery of the Broncos, and by sheer strength, forced the leader to turn aside from his headlong course. Instantly, the others accepted his leadership, and he continued to lead them in a great circle, straight back to the creek bed from which they had stampeded. There, the cowboys who had ridden to the assistance of the wounded wrangler rounded them up, and the danger was over. Silver, his task completed, trotted back to his master. Good work, boy. Good work. The days became weeks. Fighting by night and working by day, the trail crew drove on. Six weeks, seven, and then toward the end of the eighth week, Butch Maynard and his men rolled into Gorman's camp. Oh, hold on, hold on. Steady, boy. What are you doing here? I've come to report. Good news, I hope. No, this is your first herd. You're 40 miles from Junction City, and they're only 20. They'll be in there tomorrow night. Why, oh, you stupid, bungling fools. Well, we did our best. There's no stopping them now. They will be stopped. How? Our men are scattered over the back trail for 500 miles. I tell you that I'm, I'm just... telling you. I'll think of something. Come on. We're riding into Junction City. They may get paid off for their herd, but they'll never leave the place for their money. They're tough hombres. You're going yellow? No. I just don't think you'll find the right chance to get Newton, or any of them. There's a new sheriff in Junction City. You leave that to me. Come on. Gorman and Butch reached the trail town in time to see the ranchers from Red Rock drive their herd into the corrals near the railroad track. Afterwards, the bargee owner and his foreman adjourned to one of the many cafes that lined the main street. The two men drank silently at a table in the rear until suddenly Butch touched Gorman's arm. Boss, take a look at the hombre who just walked in. Huh? Where I'm pointing. It was the Lone Ranger wearing the same disguise he had worn in San Antonio. What about him? Fastest draw I ever saw in my life. I tried to hire him in San Antonio. He wasn't interested in 75 a month. Well, you'd be willing to pay him more for this job, wouldn't you? I'll gladly pay every cent that Newton has. Hey, he sees me. He's coming back here. Sound him out. I will. Howdy, man. It's been a long time. That's right. <laughs> Too bad your little scheme didn't work out so well. What do you know about it? Well, you told me what you aimed to do, remember? I remember. But how do you know it didn't work out? Well, I've just been down by the corral having a talk with a feller named Thad Newton. Said he was from Red Rock Valley. There was a cattle buyer named Barker there, too. He and Newton were making a deal. How much is he getting? $15 a head. About $30,000 for the herd. Doesn't sound like those small ranches will go broke this year. 30000 is a lot of money. It sure is. A lot more than seventy-five a month. Uh, just what do you mean by that, stranger? Well, I was only thinking that for a man as handy with a gun as Butch says you Oh, are, no, sir. No, sir. No, thank you. Not for me. Why not? Well, for one thing, the new sheriff here, Bill Crockett, is an old friend of mine. Crockett used to be an outlaw. Yep, that's true. But we're old, old friends, and I wouldn't like to embarrass him in his new job. Besides, it would be too easy. How do you figure that? Why, 
There I was, standing right beside Newton when he told Barker he'd pick up the money at 9 o'clock tonight. Barker's office is down that side street. Dark as pitch. All I'd have to do is wait outside and Newton came out with the money and then... No, no, I couldn't embarrass the sheriff that way. What's more, he might have a pretty good idea who did it. That'd be embarrassing for me. Now, wouldn't it? Maybe you're right. That's the way I figured, anyway. Adios, gentlemen. Better luck next time. Bye. You didn't try to persuade him very hard. Why should I? This is something you and I can handle by ourselves, Butch. Not only do we get the money, but we'll never be blamed for taking it. Our Texan friend who knew the sheriff when he was an outlaw will be the goat. He said he'd be suspected. Sure, we'll knock Newton out, then when he comes to, he'll remember the Texan overheard him talking with Barker. Nine o'clock, Butch. Horses all set for a getaway. This can't miss. At half past eight, Gorman and Butch left the cafe and walked down the main street to the livery stable. They saddled their horses and rode the full length of the main street. But when they reached the outskirts of the town, they circled back through the dark back streets until they saw Barker's office. It was the only light showing in the block. This is good. Stay here, you mean? They won't be coming this way when they leave the office. No, but we will. The horses stay here. We'll be waiting for them just outside Barker's door. Get your neckerchief up over your face. Right. Now keep to the shadows and follow me. Gorman and Butch saw Thad Newton and his son enter the office. Fifteen minutes later, the door reopened. Thad and Ted walked across the porch and down the steps. Sure you got the money saved, Paul? Yeah, I'll give it to the clerk. Just put your hands up, mister. Keep your voice down or I'll have to shoot. Hold up. Do what he says, Ted. But the money... I'll take care of that. Inside pockets, my guess. And I'm right the first time. It's the last time you'll be right for a long time. Drop that gun. There's somebody across the street. Get to the horse's right. Don't cross you. Here they are. No, you don't. As Gorman started to mount, a strong hand gripped his shoulder and pulled him back to earth. You're not going anywhere, Gorman. Have you got Butch covered, Toto? Uh, We got him. We have your prisoner, Sheriff, and the money. Well, gee, it worked out just like you said it would. I'll take charge of him now. Do you need any help to get them to jail? None at all. Here's the money safe. Here you are, Newton. Good. All right, let's go, Tonto. So long, mister. So long. Well, Gorman, all I can say is the valley will be a lot nicer place to live with you in jail. Who was that man? He was wearing a mask. You mean to say you don't know him? Why, he knows you well. He said Gorman isn't to be trusted. He'll try to prevent you getting home with your money. That's why we fixed things up the way we did. Fixed things? How? Tell him, Sheriff. Well, sir, the masked man felt that if you was determined to rob Newton, it might be a good idea if I was around. You were told where he could be robbed and how easy it would be. A Texan. That's right. He and his Indian friend followed you ever since you pretended to ride out of town. The Texan and the masked man are the same? <laughs> You're right again. Butch, you told me he was a gunman, an outlaw. No, don't blame Butch, Gorman. And don't blame yourself. There's no crook in the West that's smart enough to beat him. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.